My name is Jorge Olivares. I'm 26 years old, and I'm originally from Eagle Pass, Texas. I, I don't know someone else who loves their parents as much as I do, which is a weird thing to say, because Mexican-American culture as a whole is all about the family. Um, but if I don't talk to my parents at least three or four times a week, I feel weird. Um, not to say that everything I do in my life is dependent on everything that they tell me to do, but um, their influence is undeniable. I have one sister, she's 29, and the relationship I have with her, she's like my best friend, and just what I have with them, I, I know that I lucked out. The, the relationship I have with my parents, I think, is also dependent on our relationship with the church, because we are essentially what, I guess, we're called to be, which is our own representatives of the Holy Family, because we are always at church, we always do what we can. Um, my mother's been involved in the Altar Society forever, my dad helps decorate during Christmas and Palm Sunday, uh, my sister reads, and then I was an altar boy for 10 years. So there's, there's never been a time when I don't remember going to church. I don't remember helping out. Um, every Christmas, my parents would always buy something for the nuns, would always buy something for the priests, just because they literally are the extension of the family that we have. I think I was seven when I started being an altar boy. And I don't know why, I just thought it was the coolest thing ever to want to help out the priest. And so I would do it every Saturday Mass for the Sunday Vigil Mass, and I thought it was fun. And so I did that literally all elementary school, all middle school. And then in high school, we finally had some missionaries come in, this young couple, and they decided to finally create the first youth group that our church had ever had. And so became a part of the youth group, invited some friends from high school to be a part of it. And they were also very much like my other family members where they're culturally Catholic but not necessarily always go to Mass. Um, so that I felt good being able to bring them into that for a way, uh, a change. So that was fun and it was with them that we started the process of fundraising so we could go to World Youth Day. I went to college, University of Texas at Austin and they have a huge Catholic center there. And so every Sunday would wake up, leave my dorm room and go to church. But because nobody was ever as regiment about it, like they wouldn't go on a regular basis, I would always go by myself. So I would say since 2006, I've gone to church by myself every week and it's never been an issue for me. Um, granted, it's fun when a friend would tag along or a partner would tag along, but I never needed somebody to tag along because I was so, my parents instilled this thing in me that I knew that I'd be fine either way because I, I wasn't going to socialize, I was going to, to be with God in that sense. So there's this inside joke that my family and I have. There's this video, I wanna say I'm three years old and it's like a Christmas video. And my sister got this doll for Christmas and all I ever wanted to do was play with her doll. And so when my sister and I go back and think like, hey, when did we find out you were gay? Like we always jokingly say that, but I think everybody knows that there's some different about them at least I did um, the first time I actually thought like put a name to it um, was maybe late elementary school and then the first people I actually told I was in eighth grade and I remember being at my friend's house and not really knowing the right way to do it but just flirting I was like oh I think I'm gay and them automatically say no you're fine we accept you don't worry about it and then from eighth grade on, at least until 
senior year, it was like the trickling down of the number of people who knew. So if I was extremely comfortable with you or if you're one of my really good friends, then I would tell you. Um, otherwise, I couldn't be bothered to let other people know because I, it wasn't their business. Um, I don't think my desire to keep my sexuality to myself was because of my faith. I think there are other factors that come into play, namely identity and culture. Um, there are very few people, if any, that are out in my hometown. There are very few people, if any, now that if you think about Latinos who are out, aside from like Ricky Martin, um, the numbers are kind of few. And I think a lot of it has to do with, I think there is some influence of, of religion, but also just the idea of this machismo where you're supposed to be this manly person and you don't deviate from that. The first person in my media family I told my sister, and a lot of it has to do with just because of the fact that my sister and I have a very close relationship because it's just the two of us. And so we were driving home from college one year, it was 2007, and I told her it was, because it was national coming out, I was like, you know what, if I'm gonna say something, I need to just say it because I never, I didn't wanna be that person who hid so much from his family considering how close I was from my family. And so it was eating me alive knowing that they didn't know about this part of me. Granted, I feel like everybody, most gay people I know say that they always believe that their parents know, or at least their mother knows. And so I knew my mother knew, but I just couldn't say it. Um, so I figured the, the best thing to do was tell my sister first. So I told my sister and she said, well, you know, I always suspected, but I'm glad you told me because um, now I feel like we can be that much closer. I didn't tell my parents until I moved to New York. Um, and that was fall 2010. And I think the reason I told them after I moved was whether or not it was actually gonna happen. If they disowned me, I would have already been on my own. I would have already been here in New York and felt like I didn't have to deal. So I told them over Skype, which was not the best thing because I wish I had the guts to tell them in person and I wish I would told them earlier. But I told them and immediately we changed the subject, talked for like another hour and that was it. And so, you know, Skype ends and then my sister calls me about five minutes later. She says, you know, I asked mom and dad if they wanted to talk afterwards. They said no and went into the room. So a part of me was a little hurt, but at the same time, now that it, looking back, like I, I, I shouldn't have expected them to have been 100% right away just because the amount of time it took me to even be fully okay with who I was, I couldn't expect them to just do the exact same thing. Um, but almost immediately my mother was all about it. Like she made sure she told me she loved me and that nothing was gonna change. My dad, it took him a while. And I was upset at first, but then at the end of the day, my sister was the one who helped me realize that I just couldn't blame him for it. And I don't know how much of that was because of the Mexican-American stuff. I don't know how much of that was the Catholic stuff. I just felt like I couldn't question it too much because then it would eat me alive. Um, eventually, we got into a good little rhythm and to this day we have, like I, I can imagine my life not having the supportive family that I do. And I recognize that there are people who don't. And it, it does pain me to realize that it could have, it could have been differently, but thankfully it's not. The one person who doesn't know is my grandmother. She's the only grandparent I have alive still. And so my grandmother, she's like hardcore Mexican-American. And the reason we don't tell her is because we just don't want to have to 
deal with how that's going to affect the nature of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point, I kind of don't care who knows. Some of the main reasons we haven't told my grandmother is because of she is the matriarch of everything. Like she pretty much, if you look at her and what she's done in her life, like she is the embodiment of, you know, Catholic woman, Mexican-American, super into both. Um, and maybe a lot of us not telling my grandma that I'm gay is because we just, it's hard for, ch- it's hard for anybody to deal with change, but for an 83-year-old woman to deal with change, um, we just don't want to have to put her in that position. Just because life has already been swell as it is, like what's the point of, of changing it? And I wish, I mean, I want to tell my grandmother that I'm gay. I really do. I wish it would be, it would open up so many different things for our family that we could have a conversation that we don't normally have. But I think at this point, she, what I need from her, what I need from my grandmother is there. Um, it's the unconditional love and why jeopardize that at this time. The one thing, and, and it's the word that I've come to adopt when I talk about this, is, is the idea of grief and how myself included, there's this grieving process that comes with accepting the fact that you're gay. Um, and that's not to put a bad connotation to it. It's just the idea that, specifically for my parents, my dad said this to me. He said, you know, when you told me you were gay, I had to grieve the entire life that I planned for you because I'm grieving the life. It's like losing a child because I thought you were the, the son who was, and I don't want to sound melodramatic about it because my dad wasn't when he said this, but, you know, I thought you were going to have the kids. I thought you were going to have the wife. I thought I was going to have to plan the wedding and, you know, have all the birthday parties and do this and do that. And I've spent, when I came out to my parents, I was 22. So he said, you know, I've had these 22 years to plan all this out. And not that I blame you for turning on its head, but you have to realize that there's that process I have to deal with. And this is a process I had to deal with. I mean, up until I told myself, look, you're gay, get over it. Um, I thought I was gonna have the wife. I thought I was gonna have the kids. I thought I was gonna have, you know, the picket fence, the 2.3 kids and the perfect life, going to church, you know, walking up with the offerings like my parents did. But that isn't happening. And I'm completely fine with it not happening. I'm, it took a while for me to get to that place. But it doesn't negate the fact that the grief the grieving process had to happen. And I think everybody, like with the regular death, and that's a weird way to describe that, but um, you can never tell one person how to grieve and how long to grieve for. So luckily for me, my grieving process wasn't that long. And luckily for my parents, the grieving process wasn't that long. But for other people, I recognize that it's longer. When I was young and trying to figure out what being gay was, I don't think I, I prayed for God to take it away. I think I just prayed that God help me understand it more. It's what God wanted me to be. I've always, I've always felt that way. I've always felt that if God had wanted me to be straight, then I would have been straight. If God wanted me to be gay, then he chose for me to be gay. And so that's how, that's how I am. Um, and I think my parents have accepted that. And I think my parents acknowledge that. Um, my parents have never said, you know, go to church and, and pray five Hail Marys and, and wish that you were straight. That's never been the case. On a retreat, one of the priests, the main priest who was there, pretty much looked out into the crowd. I mean, there was about a dozen of us and said, if you're gay, it's okay. Don't worry about it. And it was definitely what I needed at that time. 
even to this day, I've never felt like I don't belong in the Catholic Church. The, the Catholic Church has always made me feel one and the same with everybody else. And I think that goes part two, where I don't see myself as a gay person when I go to church. Um, I just see myself among other brothers and sisters who want to take part in their faith. For the first boyfriend I ever had, one of the questions I asked him early on, I asked him three questions, and one of them was, are you Catholic? Because I, I needed to know that he would at least understand me on that level and would hopefully go to church with me and hopefully pray with me and hopefully do all the stuff that comes with, with being Catholic. Um, so even to this day, I feel like the partner that I want to end up with will hopefully be someone who is either Catholic or accepts the fact that I'm Catholic and, and doesn't necessarily judge me for it or question it. Um, and hopefully, God willing, if I have children, their life is going to be what my life was like, which is start with the baptism, always go to church on Sunday, and, and never be afraid to, to accept that spiritual aspect of life. I'm not necessarily frustrated with the Catholic Church in terms of what they're saying with regards to LGBT people or just gay marriage as a whole because I think we as LGBT people need to understand that this is a like several thousand year old institution and change is coming and we've seen change happen with Pope Francis making all these pro-gay statements specifically about who's he to judge gay priests and gay people and that gay people have things to offer and they have gifts to offer the church. So. I think that in itself is huge progress. Um, at the same time, when you have certain religious leaders saying things specifically with regards to same-sex marriage, I can get frustrated. I mean, everybody gets frustrated with things like that. Um, but when you think about where we've come as a body, I don't think that I can be upset. And at the same time, I think it's just, we should ask other LGBT Catholics to, to understand that it's just an education process. Once we tell the church that we're here, then maybe conversations will be different. Um, but it's the same thing. Like it's a two-way street in terms of acceptance and, and understanding that this really, really is one big family. When you have LGBT groups at churches, that's just presence alone is an education tool. And I think once you have more LGBT Catholics willing to stand up and identify themselves, then you'll have the church realize, okay, this is somebody we've been, not necessarily neglecting, but um, you may feel like you've been left on the sidelines, but you're not, you're no longer. And so we, we see you, we accept you, and we take you as part of the family. Um, but I think once you stand up and say, I'm a gay Catholic, then the church can say, okay, we see you and we, we love you. My sexuality and my religion are, are very personal things. It, it's a, an individual basis in terms of whether or not you feel comfortable being out as an LGBT Catholic. Um, that being said, the, the riches that come with being fully whole and fully out and being true about your identity, I think, you only stand to gain because once that process starts and once the church recognizes who you are and can love you for who you are, then it can only get better, I hope. But at the same time, if you don't feel like you, you can where you are, um, just realize that there are other people who look like you, who sound like you, who, who pray like you. But um, 
there will be a time when you can hopefully feel comfortable being the LGBT Catholic that you are.